threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Oh, do you hear that? Explosion. Ah, did you hear that? <laughs> There's an explosion of some sort. <laughs> Cam, I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Yeah, I I had not looked into this very much, it's, and it is weird. It's cool. It's really weird. Hey, who knows? We're gonna. I mean, gonna, it's in Russia, so I know. it's always weird. <laughs> we're gonna solve the the mystery today. Yeah, I think. What are we talking about? So the Tunguska event. Yeah, this was uh, 1908. Yeah, yeah. Super weird. So like, weird. I had heard about it, and I just mm-hmm. was like, maybe some kind of testing, but they yeah. didn't have that kind of stuff back then, so We're gonna get this, into was, it. this was crazy. We're going to get into this it. This was crazy. Yeah. You know, before we get into that, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Prepping's exhausting. <sighs> There's a lot. I'm so tired. It's so hard <laughs> to, so like, tired. remember everything. Mm. You got to have Band-Aids, tampons, 556, five, water, 762, and sometimes water. Fruit snacks. There's a lot of stuff. I about said fruit snakes. <laughs> Those are good too. That <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. But self-reliant medical care is mm-hmm. no exception. You're right. The Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forgy, mm-hmm. MD, provides the basis of prevention, identification, and long-term management of survivable medical conditions and tells you when to return to the grid and what to do when you can't. That's a big deal. It really is. There isn't an urgent care in the apocalypse. Probably not. You Could might be. open one up. Yeah. Apocalyptic urgent care. Yeah. So this book like helps you to easily get to the information you need to save your life. Fantastic. It's just basic stuff, but it's super helpful. Helps you even put together a med kit. It has like a list in the back. I'm telling you, this book is worth its weight in gold. It's wonderful. Worth its weight in band-aids. <laughs> For sure. Go to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com, get you a copy. You can go to Amazon, too, but go to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com. Beautiful. Go get it. All right, Cam, we're talking about the Tunguska event. Yeah. Sometimes they call it the Tunguska incident. So it's the area, right? That's where we got the name? Yeah, so it was, so basically, it was a 12. I'd say event's great. Yeah, a 12 megaton explosion of some sort. (laughs) We don't know yet, right? It occurred near the Podkamanaya Tunguska River. In Yeniseisk, <laughs> governor Russia. I'm pretty sure I got all that perfectly Sounds correct. Perfect. Yeah. On the morning of June 3rd, 1908. So um, the explosion over the sparsely populated eastern Siberian Tiaga, Taiga flattened an estimated 80 million trees. <laughs> 80 million trees <laughs> over an area of 830 square miles of forest. That is insane. That is a large amount of trees and forest. It's All insane. All that paper. Yeah. And it, eyewitness reports suggest that three people died. And so it's lucky where this happened. Yeah. It is in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Whatever this event was. Yes. Consider it downtown Chicago. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, you would just kill a whole bunch of people. But luckily, it happened. Oh, trees. <laughs> trees, yeah. It's just a bunch of trees died. Um, uh, holy cow. Yeah. So on June 30th, 1908, at around 717 local time, Evenki natives and Russian settlers in the hills northwest of Lake Bakal observed a bluish light 
nearly as bright as the sun. Well, that right there would freak you out. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's enough. <laughs> Moving across the sky and leaving a thin trail. Closer to the horizon, there was a flash producing a billowing cloud followed by a pillar of fire that cast a red light on the landscape. <laughs> We're going to go into some of these eyewitness stories, and it is insane. It like is some really of the stuff weird. they saw, dude. Blows you away. The pillar split in two and faded, turning to black. About 10 minutes later, there was a sound similar to artillery fire. Again, you're in Russia. You're hearing artillery fire. You're like, you're not excited. <laughs> you're probably not excited. Or you're like, answer every day. Oh, it must be Tuesday. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Eyewitnesses closer to the explosion reported that the source of the sound moved from the east to the north of them. The sounds were accompanied by a shockwave that knocked people off of their feet and broke windows hundreds of oh kilometers gosh. away. Hundreds of kilometers away. This is no, you know, there's no atomic bomb. No, no. There's no, like, none of this stuff's been developed. There's no... No. Some guns, some, sure. you know, basic vehicles. Uh-huh. So it's, like, just unheard of. It's it is crazy. Def- it, this was, I, I can't remember. What was the megaton blast of, like, Hiroshima? That bomb. Do you know? I can't remember. I can't remember either, but I know this was... Bigger than that. Well, it's only like two or three. Yeah. I don't know. The explosion registered at seismic stations across Eurasia. The airwaves from the blast were detected in Germany, Denmark, Croatia, and the United Kingdom, and as far away as Batavia, Dutch East Indies, and Washington, D.C. <laughs> Dude, that's bonkers. It didn't cause any big waves. I didn't really see anything mention waves. Well, it was an airwave. Basically, that so was detected. You think it would like ripple the water some. Yeah, but. yeah, I don't know. It is estimated that in some places the resulting shock wave was equivalent to an earthquake measuring 5.0 on the Richter magnitude scale. So, so after this something thing blew happened, up, it was it was something <clears throat> happened for sure. Over the next few days, night skies in Asia and Europe were aglow. There are contemporaneous reports of brightly lit photographs being successfully taken at midnight in Sweden and Scotland. <laughs> Again, these things, when you don't have the internet... You don't you have don't, night vision, or yeah. you don't have, was it, night shot? Night. Yeah, <laughs> but like, if something like this happening back then, when you don't know what it is, and nobody knew what it was. No. That Never experienced freak, anything you, or yeah. even heard of anything like that. And the only thing you know is like religion and the Bible, and you're like, well, this is it. <laughs> yeah, it's like Welcome, Jesus. Witness. You know like, what I mean? <laughs> like, it's time, right? <laughs> it has been theorized... That the sustained glowing effect was due to light passing through high-altitude ice particles that had formed at extremely low temperatures as a result of the explosion. Same thing that happens with space shuttles, apparently. You know how that that weird glow happens Uh with space shuttles? Same thing. So, since this 1908 event, there have been an estimated 1,000 scholarly papers, mostly in Russian, published about the Tunguska explosion in a lot of these eyewitness reports that we're going to read <laughs> have all been translated from Russian, so yeah. they're pretty interesting. Um, so, owing to the remoteness of the site and the limited instrumentation available at the time of the event, modern scientific interpretations of its cause and magnitude have relied chiefly on damage assessments and geological studies conducted many years after the event. So nobody went right away. That's the kind of the bad thing because we don't know exactly. The, I mean, how great was science in 1908 anyways? I don't know. There's no science. There was think. none. Estimates of its energy have ranged from thir- 3 to 30 megatons of TNT. So 13 to 126 petajoules. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That makes more sense. You should have said that first. It's like a creepy... <laughs> 
pet interest in jewels. <laughs> I'm a pet it, y'all. <laughs> I've been arrested for pet jewelism. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a pet jeweler. Yeah, that guy's he gross. Is. He had to register on the the, <laughs> the site as a pet jeweler. You've had a pet jewel move in there. <laughs> oh crap! Within the neighborhood, I'm pissed. Hide your necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, take your ring and stuff off. Yeah, it's not worth it. Don't run past Jim's house. <laughs> Jim, he's a Jim's a damn petted Jew. <laughs> I hate that guy. Petted Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got really good contours. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> Just smooth. Look how the light bounces off. I'm going to go take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Can I wash the jewel? <laughs> that ring ain't sparkling. Anyway, Jim, gross. <laughs> um, it was not until more than a decade after the event that any specific analysis of the region took place, in part due to the isolation of the area and significant political upheaval affecting Russia in the 1910s. So it wasn't until 10 years later that anybody really went out there and tried to figure out what was going on. Yeah, that's crazy. That's great. Good job, Russia. <laughs> Biggest explosion we go in check history. Check that out. I don't want to go check that out. Hell, we're making some soup. We're gonna find. <laughs> I don't want to go. Find all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, so in 1921, yeah, there was no like. I can guarantee if it happened after World War II, yeah. they'd be like, Americans are gonna get there first. Let's get out there. Let's get out there. We gotta get out whatever they got this out is there before they care. Yeah. So in 21, the Russian mineralogist Leonid Kulik. <laughs> he's a mineralogist. Let yeah, it, I got this. <laughs> let me figure this out. Ten years later, <laughs> led a team to the Podkmanaya Tunguska River basin to conduct. What is a mineralogist? <laughs> Miner? What is he? Uh, mineralogist. Yes. <laughs> oh, my cousin Leonard is a <laughs> mineralogist. Uh, call him up, huh? Perhaps he would like to go out there. Perhaps he would like to go out there to Tunguska. How many trees have been blown down? Any million. <laughs> wow. You got any jewels on you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like your brooch. <laughs> it's very brooch. <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah. already a creepy name. The <laughs> brooch. The brooch is very handsome. <laughs> I've heard that word in a long time. Uh, anyways, um, although they never visited the central blast area, which makes a whole lot of damn sense, the main, the many. <laughs> I don't go over there. <laughs> well, should we go to the middle now? We'll just look on the edges. <laughs> Far enough. <laughs> it's good enough. Cold as hell up there. Let's get back. <laughs> Where are we at? Siberia? Oh, no. We are in Siberia. Great. It blows my mind how big Russia is. Oh, my like, gosh, man. goes and It's goes. ridiculous. Um, so the many local accounts of the event led Kulik to believe that the explosion had been caused by a giant meteorite impact. Upon returning, he persuaded the Soviet government to fund an expedition to the suspected impact zone based on the prospect of salvaging meteoric iron. Who wouldn't want it? We got to make us some cool stuff out of these meteors. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Maybe we can make something cool. Maybe there's some jewels up there. (laughs) Maybe. I'll take a camera with me. Take some pictures of these jewels. Mm. Get the reindeer. Let's go. They got a little Spanish-y. Pack up the borscht. We're heading to the meteor. Sven, let's go. Uh, he hired local Evenki hunters to guide his team to the center of the blast area, where they expected to find like a big impact. How many crater. tribes are in Russia? Probably a hundred million. Because it's like the 
Devotlov Pass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, they had some weird ones. They had a bunch of weird too. tribe members. I think yeah. they're the ones doing all Pro- this. That could be. Yeah. So they wanted to find the impact crater, right? But to their surprise, there was no crater at ground zero. Instead, they found a zone roughly eight kilometers across where the trees were scorched and devoid of branches, but still standing upright. Yeah, like the core was fine. What the fudge? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how does that happen? That's one of the weirdest things. Yeah. So five miles, eight kilometers. An impact like that was felt seismographic. Yeah. Like that did had no crater. So if they, there had super weird, it doesn't, doesn't make, if even it was like, a meteorite that hit, there would be a crater. Yeah. And some something yeah. there. Yep. That doesn't. It's still. But there was not. It's still <laughs> right. All the different. Oh, we'll go on to that. Yeah. So trees more distant from the center had been partly scorched and knocked down in a direction away from the center, creating a large radial pattern of down trees. So, like it, it's like something exploded in the middle yeah. and pushed out. Right. Weird. Kind of like an atomic bomb. Kind of. Blows except up for above there would the be ground. a crater. But yeah, it still blows a crater. Yeah. So so stinking weird. So there are some eyewitness accounts that. Um, this guy did a whole bunch of different interviews with people, and this was mostly like later in the 30s, and sometimes it's earlier than that. But uh, um, we're going to go through some of these. Uh, they're pretty weird. So this one was in 1930. This this guy, um, his name is Kukorin. He doesn't remember the exact day or the year of the impact. Can't even remember the year. Good lord! <laughs> but he remembers that it was three or four days before St. Peter's, whatever that is, no later than eight or nine in the morning. The sky was completely clear. <laughs> there were no clouds. In 1930s, like 15 years later. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was. No. It was in the 1900s. Don't ask me that. Yeah, too much information. <laughs> he had gone. Some boring years that he experienced <laughs> yeah. in his life. I know. He had gone into the bathhouse in the yard and had just taken off his outer shirt. He was getting ready for something. <laughs> when he poops so- that shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> poops Uncovered. on, yeah. Seinfeld. Um, when suddenly he heard sounds resembling cannon fire, he immediately ran into the yard, which opens to the southwest and the west. At that point, the sounds were still continuing, and he saw in the southwest at a height approximately half the distance between the zenith and the horizon a flying red sphere. Yeah. What? what? Huh? What was that now? Kikorin? What do you say? Where's my shirt? There's a sphere in the sky. It's about halfway between the zenith and the horizon. Well, yours, yeah, don't matter. Uh, now he's, a, we got to go back to the Russian voice. We keep doing that. We keep going. We keep going back. But anyways, the sphere, oh, and behind it were visible rainbow streamers. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Right? The sphere flew for three or four seconds and disappeared to the north. You sure this didn't take place in the 60s? The, I know, I know. The interview? <laughs> the sounds were audible during the sphere's flight, but they ceased right away when the sphere disappeared beyond the forest. That was a good one. This guy was. Have you ever heard of him called Magnet Backs? No. Like Magnet Backs? (laughs) What the hell's that? The drunks that are like, oh, like they're Magnet (laughs) Backs. No, I haven't heard that. (laughs) This guy sounds like Mm. he's probably Magnet Back for sure. So this was a letter uh, that somebody wrote. um, Vznosniski. I'm not even gonna try and say the name. On 17th of June at approximately 7:15 in the morning. The workers building a bell tower saw a fiery block flying. It seems from the southeast to the northwest. At first, two bangs resounded, not unlike gunfire. Then an extremely strong bang accompanied by shaking. More bangs were heard. There's a whole bunch of bangs. <laughs> <laughs> they noticed the shaking. Just the bell earth. going off. <laughs> yeah. 
They know a bunch of bells. They noticed the shaking of the earth. One girl, the priest's maid servant, Mm -hmm. fell off a bench. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, man. The populace became frightened. What was that? (laughs) Oh, this is bad. I feel off the bench. My knees are hurt. I'm getting very Italian now. The poor maid servant. I should have practiced my Russian accent. They saw that that fiery sphere. There is an unclear word in the original, something like meteor, in Karapichkinsky, and heard the bangs. The day was clear, and for that reason, the thunder put the public in a state of bewilderment. Which it would, I suppose. Yeah. In Nizhe Limsky, two Tungooses. I guess that's how you, that's how you refer to them as Tungooses. Two Tungooses. <laughs> how many Tungooses does it take I'm to find a meteor? Two Tungooses, three Tungooses. They recounted that the meteor had, in falling, formed a lake which boiled for two full days. <laughs> <laughs> the Tunguskas were prepared to show people that lake, but no one believed their story. <laughs> I'm going to show it to them. No one will listen. <laughs> it's burning. It's like a pot of borscht out in the... Do you want to take a nice bath, eh? <laughs> Very warm. Very warm. Scorch your skin, man. <laughs> the thing that's weird, like all these witnesses too, is... You know what? Recently, we saw like that meteorite that yeah. hit in Russia. Everybody explained it's like super bright. Cameras were like, you know, yeah. couldn't adjust their lens. Yeah, nobody described it as a super bright no. light. It wasn't. Which is super, it wasn't like, like a, a meteor. Thing. Like, oh man, crazy enough. I saw one last night. What? Big meteor. Yeah, it didn't hit yet. Yeah, I don't know. It was just burning across Vernal. Some of them are crazy. It's like, cool looking, man. Love catching them. I love do too. It. So this is a letter to L. A. Kulik. Uh, She's going to investigate. 10th February, 1922. Yep. I was in the taiga in the north, in the stony Tunguska Basin, in the Baikit locality at a distance (laughs) of 600 versets from the village of Ponasvoike. There in 1908, in the middle of June, at 8 in the morning, an unbelievable phenomenon took place, resembling the sound of cannon shots and a rumble of powerful thunder. All people knew it was cannon. Yep, which brought it with a quaking of the earth. The day was clear at the time with bright sunshine. This rumbling continued nearly a quarter of an hour. During my ride onto the inhabited areas, I came to talk with several individuals about this, and it turned out that at the same time, this phenomenon had occurred across an enormous distance. And besides that, I had a conversation on this subject with an uh, aborigine, a Tungus, who recounted the following. This is what the aborigine said. Along the same Tunguska River in the place where the... Chambi Creek flows into it at the time of the same storm or thunder. Okay, get on with it. <laughs> several, I know, <laughs> several Aborigines had up to a thousand of their reindeer killed. Wow. It's a whole bunch but of not, deer. Three people died, but <laughs> know, a bunch I'm, of reindeer That's died. what I'm trying to figure out. Like, how do all the reindeer die, but the people didn't die? Whatever it was, was out for reindeer. Yeah. Reindeer blood. Just playing reindeer games. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. And the remainder severely injured. And also the Aborigines themselves had suffered from the powerful impact. And besides that, for approximately 70 versets all around, the whole forest was destroyed. And there was and there the impact tore a tumult of water out of the ground, which dried up after several days. But the Aborigines didn't examine the place where the water was drawn out. <laughs> like nobody wanted to go look. Water boiling, floating. Forget it. Whatever. I got dead deer out there to deal with. <laughs> we got to harvest all these. <laughs> yeah. It's time. Um, so there's another one here. Let's see. Uh, 
uh, around eight in the morning, intended to go hang from the same trading post, but he needed a nail, right? He couldn't find one in any of his rooms, so he went out into the yard and began to pull a nail out of a window frame with pliers. <laughs> that, like, I don't get that. The information's super <laughs> useful. <laughs> well, yeah, it's about 1908. Yeah, I couldn't find I a nail it. that morning. <laughs> it really pissed me off. So I just figured I'd get some pliers, take it out of a window. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'll be honest. I've stole. I've I've taken some screws from a few places. Yeah, sure. So, anyways, but still, <laughs> took it from his window. All of a sudden, it was as if something was intensely burning in his ears. Grabbing them and thinking that the roof had caught fire, he raised his head and asked, <laughs> asked someone who was sitting on the porch of his house, "Did you see anything? How could I not see it?" Replied the port of the other. Uh, it seemed to me as if I too had been enveloped by heat. He went into the house, and then then and there, he had only just entered the room and wanted to sit on the floor and get to work. When a boom resounded, dirt came sifting down from the ceiling. The screen flew off the Russian oven onto the cot standing opposite the oven, and one pane of the window was knocked out of the room. With no nail in it. Yeah. And then it quieted, and nothing else happened. Weird. I know. There, there's so many of these. I don't know if we need to go into many more of these because they're all pretty similar. Are they? Yeah. I was wondering if they were. Um, I read through a few, but I was like, man, it's like. Yeah. I mean, they're consistent. Yeah. That's good. This one says all the inhabitants of the settlement ran into the street in a panicky fear. Old women cried, and everyone thought that the end of the world had come. Yep. Which makes total sense because that's exactly what I would be thinking too. Yeah. Right? Um, this guy, he was a master tanner, and in the summer, around 8 o'clock, he was washing the wool on the shore of the Canna River when he suddenly heard the noises, right? And all, the river went crazy, there was a blue-gray streak across the sky, and, uh, and that was the end of it. I mean, so, it just, all of these were really, really similar, but they were all, some of them were different, though. Like, the colors were different. No rainbow trails. That was yeah. one time only. One guy said it was like an actual uh, flying sphere. Yeah. Well, and then Which the, is weird. And then, the, like, the square, the cube thing. Yes. What was that? I don't know. Weird. So much weird stuff. Tesseract. The Tesseract, that's right. Maybe the Allspark. The Allspark, that's the one. That's the one. But anyways, so there was a lot of people that saw it, and they recorded these things, and boy, were they weird. Yeah. Okay? Um, but before we move on, I want you to imagine something for me, Cameron. Okay. Imagine that the grid is down. Your hometown was just devastated by a natural disaster. Or you stopped to help a car that broke down on the side of the road. Would you have what you need to deliver a baby, Cameron? No. <laughs> no. I do now. Okay. The combat midwife developed the perfect kit to add to your preps. The official combat midwife birth kit brought to you by Medical Gear Outfitters will give you peace of mind in a chaotic world. Our new world consists of COVID, quarantines, and overrun hospitals. Babies are unpredictable about when they decide to join us in this crazy world. A birth kit is just what you need to be prepared for any labor and delivery emergency. The movies lied to you, Cameron. You need more than a newspaper and a shoestring to deliver a baby. You just do. The Combat Midwife Birth Kit is what you need to care for the lady you love in any SHTF birth situation. This kit is user-friendly. All the items included are exactly what the Combat Midwife takes to every birth. And now you have access to them, too. You will never be caught unprepared again. Just say, hey, I'll deliver your baby. I got all the stuff to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just put it on Facebook, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Buy this kit and all of your family's medical gear needs at medicalgearoutfitters.com. The cool thing is they have tons of medical gear. Yeah. 
tons of yeah. cool stuff. If you don't plan on, which you should expect maybe delivering a baby. Yes. But they got just other get stuff. all of your other stuff. For sure. Learn more about the Combat Midwife and how to use this kit at CombatMidwife.com. And also use our code CASUALPREPPERS for 10% off all the gear at MedicalGearOutfitters.com. Yeah. Go get it done. Yeah, and I've checked them out. They do. They have some they have really good, good quality medical gear, which is kind of hard to find. For sure. No Don't doubt. use Amazon for that crap. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, this was a super strange event. And first thing with the type of explosion and the sounds, mm-hmm. the first initial thought of everybody is, you know, probably a meteorite. Which makes Apparently, sense, those yeah. happen in Russia all the time. They do. There is a reason. Wasn't there the just the fact of how the earth spins and then the, the size of the continent or something I don't like know. that? There's some reason why Russia has more of those. Plus, it's Russia. It's Russia. You know, yeah. they get whatever they want. Um, so, the initial uh, thought was that it's a meteorite. Yeah. So, the first expedition up there went up to expect to find, you know, a big crater, mm-hmm. meteorite pieces like Kobe had mentioned. But guess what? There's no crater. Oh, and there God. was actually no material that identified as meteorite material. Weird. So, what the crap was it? I don't know. Later, suspect maybe. Uh, they they later they later suspected it may have been made of carbonaceous chondrite. Oh hey, which I I they figure so that little detail there like there's so many different things that they think they're like maybe it was like solid iron and I'll go into that one. But then they were like it the one one of the more like new things is mm-hmm. like it was a solid piece of lithium. Oh, it's like a big battery hitting wow. the earth and. That's why they saw like all light up and do these different things. Mm. But carbonaceous chondrite is not what they would be looking for. So it could have been I'd like drink spread that. all over. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Carbonaceous chondrite. We need <laughs> yeah. two of those. As long as it's got carbonaceous in it. Mm. So that was the, the, you know, sus- that's what they would expect to find and yeah. didn't find anything that consisted with a meteorite. Mm. Um, the one of the biggest ones. That's probably the most uh, widely known is the cometary airburst. Yes. Which is an awesome tool to use <laughs> for bur- cleaning your teeth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, so this widely accepted theory is that there was this huge, like mostly ice kind of hydrogen based asteroid that became a meteorite and it just ignited before it hit the ground. And there's a lot of scientific stuff that goes into this Boy, but that would have to be just like perfect it would have to be perfect and that's right? that's where there's a lot of like um there's a lot of scientists are like it, it couldn't happen that way because of the trajectory yeah and it would disintegrate before it even got close to causing an explosion so wow. this one's even, even though it's the most widely accepted theory yeah that there was an air burst like it exploded just above the ground and just set off all this like steam and air and blew all the trees wow because they found those trees, like yeah. you said, standing, but they were, weren't burned to the core. They were just scorched. Almost like an atomic bomb flash. Yeah, like, you know, that, like a flash of it, yeah. And then it just sent out that big wave of air. Um, first suggested in 1930 uh, by British meteorologist Francis Whipple. Francis Whipple, at your service. <laughs> explains that the strange <laughs> luminous phenomena uh, observed by the eyewitnesses of the Tunguska event, majority of the scientists considered to be very improbable. Hmm. They often point out that the fragile cometary body ought to have already disintegrated, like I was saying, mm-hmm. in the uppermost layers of the atmosphere. Our shield and protection. That's right. Whilst 
the object that caused this event apparently remained intact until it reached the lower atmospheric layers. So they figure with the content to make yeah. like an air burst explosion, it couldn't have made it that far down, close enough to Earth to cause that. Hmm. So that's one theory, but it's a little bit shaky. Sure. The next one, um, this one's super freaking confusing. Dude, this is I've cool. read it like 20 times and I still don't understand. Collision with a miniature black hole or a piece of antimatter, like Gosh. Star Trek crap. Yeah, this is weird. So many so-called experts um, said the explosion was supposedly caused by annihilation, physical process that occurs when a subatomic particle collides with its respective antiparticle of the opposite charge, producing immense amounts of energy. Wow. So super nerdy, super smart. Yeah. We're like, well, this is exactly what happened. You got subatomic particles collapsed with the I just, opposite charge. Yeah. I'm like, that's a lot. How did they that's end a up very in Siberia? Perfect, unique scenario. Well, I know. Like what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, according to this theory, first suggested in '41 by Lincoln La Paz. He sounds like a cool dude. Yeah, Tunguska event was likely caused by the annihilation of a chunk of antimatter, antimatter colliding with Earth. Like, where does the antimatter come from? I don't. That's just what like I don't, floats like, in. That's what they don't explain anywhere. It's like a, a rainstorm, and yeah. <laughs> some antimatter comes down accidentally. How do you collide with something that's antimatter? Yeah. That's what I don't get. I guess it's charged. I don't know. Because anyway. it, I don't know, man. The theory explains the observed luminous oh, phenomena. Yeah. Um, also, another theory suggests that there was maybe a mini black hole. Mm. That one that one makes me laugh. Because of all oh. things in the world. Like it passes through Earth. Yeah. What? Another speculative <clears throat> hypothesis suggests that it, the 1908 explosion was caused by a small black hole passing through Earth. What? This hypothesis was first formulated in 73 by American scientist Albert A. Jackson. <laughs> Watch this, my man. name's Albert A. Jackson. This is Michael Michael Ryan. Right here. Look at this mini black hole theory. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna like it. <laughs> However, as there was no exit uh, exit event, mm -hmm. second explosion occurring as the black hole shot out in the North Atlantic. This hypothesis is considered wrong by the majority of modern science. <laughs> you're American. You're stupid. Get out of here. Go eat your hamburger. You Other stupid evidence. American. <laughs> Other evidence is dust trails and high nickel concentrations around the impact area also dismissed this hypothesis. Sure, yeah. There's some content there, and they found um, iron uh, in a few places. So they're like, something kind of exploded, but who knows? It could have already been there. Yeah. Um, this one, because there's a bunch of little tribes out there, you know. Sure. They all suspected it was Agda, God of Thunder, which yeah. I thought, wasn't Thor God of Thunder? Not for the... Not for Akulani yeah. or whatever. I want to see. He's got to be coming out with a movie in Marvel sometime. Oh, yeah. Ogda. Got to be another one. Maybe he's going to be DC. Yeah. Who knows? Akulina, an Ivenki woman who was closer than 20 miles to the epicenter at the time of explosion. 20 miles, really? I should have blown her yeah, to pieces. I don't know. Later reported, that's about 20 miles. <laughs> Pretty much. Got burned a little bit. Give or take. <laughs> But my reindeer exploded. Singed my brooch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, she said, mm -hmm. a mighty wind flattened out our she's tent. She's a southern lady. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> I, I don't know what she's doing she's out there. She's gone with the wind. <laughs> I don't know. How would a Russian, um, like, aborigine? aborigine sound like? 
I don't know. You got me there. I don't know. <laughs> We're going with the Southern We're going lady. Southern. A mighty wind flattened our tent. <laughs> While we had been my, sleeping, my, my. a brilliant outburst of light blinded us. Ow! <laughs> the wind was uh, breaking trees like they were sticks. Ooh. As a rising whirlwind lifted us off the ground. Here we go. <laughs> Dorothy! <laughs> so she got lifted off the ground. I lost consciousness. Good night. After she woke up, she remembers seeking her husband, Ivan, being lifted up by the blast and slammed into one of the remaining upright Good trees. Lord, Ivan. <laughs> 130 feet from the remnants of the camp they had slept in, he died a few hours later from fractures. Death number one. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Shock yeah. and blood loss. That's what he did. Yeah. Our rangers also vanished, and we haven't found them since. <laughs> Aquilina <it>. reported. <laughs> If we can believe shamans of the Yavinki tribe who lived in the area thousands of years, Tunguska was caused by the Agda, the god of thunder himself. Ooh. Dissatisfied by the tribal disputes, Agda reputedly sent demons with shining eyes and fiery tails to punish the disobedient men. Take that. Not the women, they were okay. <clears throat> of course, we can't take this explanation seriously. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably just as probable as the mini it, black it is. hole. <laughs> I know. It's a little worse than the, it's not as bad as the American one, but well, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. However, the fact remains that immediately after the event, the area was declared sacred. What? Forbidden zone by Ivanki tribesmen, who then reportedly expelled or killed dozens of Soviet scientific expeditions. Ooh. Now, who nobody knows about that, but it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. So they were like, it's sacred. Agda. And they'd shoot them with arrows and stuff. Agda. But, God of thunder. So that one, that one, That's uh, a good one. like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds. Super ridiculous. It but does. It's no more ridiculous than some of these. Other it's ones. not. It really isn't. So, it can. <clears throat> we got a special package this last week. We did, and we were pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, off the grid surplus. They sent us a few of their new flannels. Yeah. Boy, did I like it. They're freaking amazing. I love. I think new I wore flannel. it all weekend. <laughs> I wore it on Thanksgiving Day. Did you? I liked it oh, so I much. Bet you looked so good. I did. I was eating turkey. I was eating gravy, and I looked fantastic. <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, these are great. They're like super well made. Yeah. They look good. They're super comfortable. They're warm. They got. They the have cool... the very similar layout, mm. like the Heidi pockets. They do, yeah. Which is super nice. Super nice, yeah. So, if you want a good flannel, and you do, I mean, everybody does. Let's be serious. They're like almost sold out. Yeah, you gotta go get them. Go get them now. And, yeah. But if you go get them, you gotta use our code Casual Preppers because if you do, you're gonna get fifteen percent off your purchase, which is a good thing. Right? You're going to get a flannel, plus you're going to get a good deal. You're going to so, love it. I mean, come on. It looks good, and it can be a survival. It can. Sure. Yeah. It's made that way. Tell your wife that. I did. Right? <laughs> I actually went to buy another one. Did you? And it's back. Or it's I think it's a pre-release or something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The green one. But, oh, it looks so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check them out, guys. Uh, really. Go to offthegridsurplus.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. 15% off. You're going to look good. You're going to look sexy. You're going to support them. You're going to support us. Yeah. it's it, There's I've no bought, one loses. I've paid plenty of monies for my own stuff from them. Yes, absolutely. Well, move on. So this one's kind of the top gun. Mm. This is called the flyby. Well, I named it that. Okay. So a recent peer-reviewed paper... Mm-hmm. states that a large iron asteroid entering Earth's atmosphere and skimming the planet at a relatively low altitude before flying back into space could have produced the effects of the Tunguska event by producing a shock wave that devastated the surface. That seems weird. Almost like a, you know, sonic boom sure, yeah. type of thing. So it just like skimmed oh, Earth. Oh, like a sonic, okay. So it skimmed Earth, mm-hmm. you know, 
I would imagine it was far beyond the sound barrier. So why would there be a sonic boom? But that know. that shockwave of it just like grazing Earth, where it didn't so, hit anything. Yeah, that's pieces the weird of thing. it kind of crumbled off. The weird thing is, is how the trees were like still upright. Yeah, you know, and and out in that pattern. So yeah, like some it had to have been over, a, but some weren't. A burst. Yeah, I don't know. Man. This one was funny. I mean, this one is is being. Like more accepted, and I, I almost think it makes the least amount of sense. Huh, well, interesting. Some, one of the ones, right? Um, so some smart scientists said we have studied the condition of uh, through passage of asteroids with a diameter of 200, 150 meters. I don't know how they tested this, consisting mm-hmm. of three types of materials iron, stone, water, ice. Hello, water, ice, water, which ice. isn't that just ice? <laughs> That's just, yeah, <laughs> listen, scientists, thing. pretty smart, but water, ice, we used water, ice on this one <laughs> instead of what. Uh, nitrogenized. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Um, so they they proposed all these different models, I'm guessing using computers and stuff. The ice body hypothesis floated in the 70s. Okay. The speed trajectory would have melted the ice and disintegrated before it even did anything. Yeah, sure. So that one's out. Mm. Rock body. That's what they call me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fissures and cracks in the yeah. body would have caused it to break up Makes too sense. easily. Makes so sense. it wouldn't have made it. Okay. So what would make it Iron Man body? (laughs) Yeah. So after they ran all these, did you try ice water, Jim? (laughs) You should try to water ice, to water ice. (laughs) Well, you put ice in there, but you got to type in the code for water ice. You didn't carry the one, Jim. Stop looking at my Apparently they tested that. Apparently they just it's the same gym. Same gym. Freaking creeper. Lives in my neighborhood. Great scientist. Horrible person. Doesn't understand ice and water very no. well. Ice. Ice. Ice and water. <laughs> oh, man. We should, I, I'm really disappointed I didn't practice my Russian accent. I, know. I, I like, mixed them all together today. <laughs> it's great. It's Southern, okay. Russian, yeah. redneck's always there. In yeah. every event, there's a redneck. Yeah. But the iron body, it stood true through their testing. That's right. According to the team's calculations, the most likely culprit is an iron meteorite between 100 and 200 meters, 320 to 650 feet for you Americans listening. The normal people. Across the across that flew 3,000 kilometers, 1,800 miles through the atmosphere. I don't know about 1,800 miles. <laughs> that is a pretty common number, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know about 1,800 mile per hour. Yeah. Same guy that's been documenting <laughs> yeah. spaceship flight. It would never have dropped below uh, 11 kilometers, seven miles per hour, or below an altitude of 11 kilometers. So, seven miles per hour, okay. seven miles above. Okay. This model explains several characteristics of the Tunguska event. The lack of an impact crater, for one, because it's just skimming by, mm. since the meteor would skim past, I just said that, explosion and that would cause an explosion without falling. Sure. So the lack of iron debris is also explained by this high velocity since the object would be moving too fast and be too hot to drop much. Mm. They did find a little bit of iron, but it, like I said, it could have already been there. Yeah. And apparently asteroids hit there every so often. Or meteorites. Um, any mass with loss, uh, loss would be, the researcher said, through the sublimination of individual iron atoms which would look exactly like normal terrestrial oxides. Makes sense. So the, yeah, so the guys that went and looked, it was right in front of their dang faces, uh, possibly. Idiots. Within this version, the research also notes, we can explain optical effects associated with the strong dustiness of high layers of atmosphere over Europe, which caused a bright glow in the night sky. Easy. 
optical effects, strong, mm. dusty layers. Makes sense. So that's the uh, that's the flyby. That's the maverick. That's the of maverick. the Tunguska event. You're on the edge. Collision. Okay. So this one, um, expeditions sent to the area in the 50s and 60s did find microscopic glass spheres in sifting of the soil. Interesting. I did it, little microscopic <laughs> glass spheres. <laughs> hey, Jim. Maybe we can make us a little jewel with this. <laughs> Chemical analysis showed that the spheres contained high proportions of nickel and iridium. Iridium? Yeah. Ooh. That's, Russians are always playing with freaking radiated material. Yeah, they are. Which are found in high concentrations in meteorites and indicated that they were of extraterrestrial origin. Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, the research, researchers have traced the possible trajectory of the space object, assuming that the object had flown... From west to east, unlike the previous missions who considered east to west direction. Oh, wow. The new approach allowed the expedition members to find a buried object covered with trees. Buried object? Yeah. Oh. They didn't say much about that. They said possibly a spaceship. Ooh. They exploded this enormous meteorite. So we have the flyby with the meteorite that's made of iron. Yeah. They combined that and said what they figure is it didn't go... Um, just to kind of break this down, they didn't. It didn't go from uh, east to west. It went west to east, and instead of it just skimming by and causing things, it actually collided with a spaceship. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. So now we're getting into the the real yeah. probable okay. cause of this. They said that um, they found this object obviously covered in trees because we weren't looking in the right place because it was flowing, flying in the opposite direction. For sure. Yeah. Um. The object appeared to be a large block made with metal that they found. The researchers chipped a piece of the object and will now test its composition. Preliminary analyses show that it is a compound of iron silicate and an unknown material. This unknown. is fairly new. Wow. This is fairly new. Interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. So they propose their their they ex, like their explanation was that they um that the meteorite collided with a spaceship and exploded this enormous meteorite that hit towards us like maybe they shot it too to wow. save us yeah that one's a little bit weird a little sh i didn't have a lot of information sure on um and i delivered it piss poor hmm. so there you go um now we're going to talk about what really happened okay the ufo explosion perfect 1956 russian sci-fi writer alexander kazachev published his short novel titled The Explosion. This is The Explosion <laughs> by Alexander well, Kalsensev. What do I call this? Uh, probably like the, the, the explosion, maybe? There, there was an explosion in the main part of the story. I don't know. Explosion. <laughs> the explosion. <laughs> and his own explanation about the true cause of the explosion, according to his version of the story, that it was caused by a massive nuclear explosion of an extraterrestrial spaceship. Boom. So they are, you know, their propulsion is by nuclear, nuclear power. power. It makes sure. total sense. Yeah. You can't have air and all that it's stuff. Blue an engine space. block, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Yep. Freaking okay. blew a header. Yeah. In 45, 11 years before the published story, because um, <laughs> visited the ruins of the Hiroshima city devastated by the nuclear explosion. Near the explosion epicenter, he... Notice still standing trees mm. with their leaves and branches ripped off by sheer force of pressure wave. Six years later, during his visit to the Tunguska, he noticed similar patterns. No crater and standing trees without any branches or leaves. Because of that, he quickly comes to a conclusion 
1908 event had been caused by a massive explosion, probably nuclear origin. It matched. Makes sense. It freaking matched. Another thing supporting the nuclear explosion theory are the the burn marks on all the trees around the epicenter were of, you know, the, the same, similar to a nu- nuclear explosion. The for, the forest fire caused by the meteor uh, explosion would burn the trees all around. However, marks only on one side indicate concentrated short-term radiation heat mm. as during a nuclear explosion. I need it, to go back to that episode. Has anybody considered time travel? No. Like, like we sent a nuclear bomb back in time and it went off. Or its speed was so, yeah, yeah something. something. And it went into the mm-hmm. metaverse or something. Yeah. The. Facebook got exploded. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's metaverse. There's some <laughs> weird tie there. Yeah. We're trying sure. to open. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is not the metaverse? What was I, what was I meaning to say? Multiverse. Multiverse. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh yeah, that's, that's a Facebook garbage. Sure, yeah. Um. Anyways, so there you go. It was, there's other things that I read about this nuclear explosion that it was actually like just the blast off, like the spaceship came down. Oh, yeah. And it was like, boom, to take off. That makes sense. Super strong propulsion. Wow. Yeah, crazy. And this is my favorite of all. Okay. The laser signal. 1883, the Karak. Toa. Krakatoa. Krakatoa. That's it, yeah. Krakatoa. <laughs> Krakatoa. Oh, yeah. Volcano erupted, emitting a large flux of radio waves into space. Oh, my gosh. Intelligent beings on other planets orbiting 61 Cygni <laughs> interpreted the radio waves as a message from Earth. They're like, what? <gasps> and they tried to answer by directing laser beams to Earth. <laughs> Those pricks. Unfortunately, the lasers were too strong turned and turned into matter when it hit the atmosphere over the high Tunguska uh... River. So we're like, we're looking on down there. And it caught fire, burned, and sh- turned off. Oh, that turned makes off. sense. <laughs> turned off. Quick. That one, I mm. was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So they were trying to just communicate So they got like a, a, a radio wave signal yeah. from a big old earth, or big old volcano. Yeah, it makes sense. And they were like, they probably need help. Spun their lasers around. Yeah. Or world destroyers. Wow. Planet destroyers. Yeah. And burned a little too much. And that was it. That's cool. So there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them. You got your grays by a meteorite. Yeah. You've got a weird water bomb that gave off just an air puff. <laughs> yeah. And you've got you've got God UFOs. Got either shot a meteorite, mm. collided with it, and there's no parts left anywhere. Yeah. Maybe. Or they took off. Or they took off. Mm-hmm. And then the God of Thunder. Yep. Yeah. Or the antimatter. Oh yeah, or the one. mini I don't black hole. That one's too confusing. Yeah, well, that's the Tunguska collision th- with antimatter. Yep. I think we figured it out pretty much, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. I'm going with the laser. The laser, yeah, go with the laser. What did I say? Oh, <laughs> oh crap! Hope they didn't you see gotta that. Turn that down <laughs> next time. <laughs> Hope they didn't see that. <laughs> it's like just holding the magnifying glass for a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh piss! <laughs> Start much. smoking a little. Too much. Well, that's it. That's the Tunguska event, guys. That's 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 good stuff. But you should seriously like, you guys should go and look at pictures of it's it. A, it's oh, really so weird. weird. So did the Hiroshima bomb? It didn't leave a crater, did it? Because it ignited know. the way it was supposed to. I don't up know. Above, there had to have been some crater, right? I don't think there was. Really? Yeah. Because I know that the ones they tested in, like, uh, uh, where is that near Fiji and stuff like some. Where, yeah. Where was that one that we? 
that knocked out all the power in oh, Hawaii. Oh, that's right, yeah. Anyways, that one left a crater because it didn't, it blew up it, underwater near yeah. the crust. Mm. But yeah, know. I don't think Hiroshima left but any crater. It, it doesn't matter because there was no nuclear bomb in 1908. Yeah, no. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Right? I think the, I, I think you're onto something with like the multiverse thing. Yeah. Because like, it's like uh-huh. the Hiroshima bomb maybe like yeah. there did was, something. It, it mirrored yeah. in a different dimension. There was a folding of space and time somehow <laughs> as that thing went off. And so it got a little woof of it. Yeah, just like it just barely got through the veil Singed of time. It, yeah. You know what I mean? That makes more sense than any of the others. Hell, we figured it out. I told you we'd do it. We figured it out. Bigfoot's planet. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if any Bigfoot were killed. But, uh, several, probably. It had to have been. Yeah. Riding reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that would be Yeti. Because yeah. that's up in the... Uh, Siberia. Yeah. That's right. That's what happened to the Yeti, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's that one was crazy. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to read about. Cause it really is. Something that I don't think we figured out no. at all happened yeah go check it out it's a black hole on the internet when you go into Tegusca because there's a lot yeah there's a lot of good information yeah. so go check it out thanks guys appreciate you uh please go check out our sponsors please subscribe tell your friends to subscribe because we like you guys to listen yes all right okay stay survived